Welcome to Smosh Mouth. I'm Shane. And I'm Amanda. And this is our spooky Halloween episode. Uh, as of airing this, it is October 30th. Oh my god, the night before. All Hallows' Eve. The most evil day of the year. It's so evil. <laughs> but today, uh, we are going to be doing something that a lot of you asked for uh, a while ago, which is we're going to read creepy stories from the internet. Some of my favorites. Uh, these are known as creepy pastas. Mm. Have you have you heard of creepy pasta? I have only because of you guys, you and Damien. So uh, first off, Damien was supposed to be here. He is sick. He got taken by a ghost. Yes, the <laughs> devils got him. Uh, no, he's a sick little baby, he's um, sick and baby. he's at home, but he's all right. But creepy pastas. Mm-hmm. Creepy pastas are something that I've been a fan of for a long time. The name, I believe, comes from copy and pasting a story uh, over and over again all over the internet. Okay. So these are stories that they were they're written by someone, but a lot of times people don't know who they were written by because they've been copy and pasted to different websites. So at a certain point, you're like, who who wrote this? Oh. Now I know who wrote all of these that I brought today because over time they've it gets mm-hmm. traced back. But it's what makes them so scary in the first place is like people start to go, was this real? Um, you've probably heard of like Slenderman. Of course. Slenderman was a creepypasta. At least I'm pretty certain was a creepypasta. And um, that story was all over the place. There's one that is my personal favorite that we'll be reading later called Candle Cove, which Ooh. I love. Very scary. I've got several here, and we'll be getting into them. But first, uh, I wanted to talk, I want to also talk on this episode about creepy stuff. And I, first question I have right off the bat is, do you believe in ghosts? 100%. Yeah? I'm from Massachusetts. <laughs> I feel it's like required. Massachusetts is spooky. Like, it's got very, very old homes, old structures that have, like, never been touched. Families of generations have lived there, never, like, knocked them down or anything. So I just feel like Massachusetts, also, it's near Salem. But, like, we have, like, witchy kind of, like, look at at all these, like, old school horror movies or movies from the 1600s. I mean, Stephen King lives in Maine. East Coast. So I just feel like they have all of this, like, spookiness. Also, you're talking about creepy pasta. I was just thinking that me and my sisters read probably original creepy pastas when they weren't even a thing. We used to read like books of horror stories growing up. Yeah. Like, have you ever heard of the Golden Arm? Yes. You have? Yeah, I have heard of the Golden Arm. I, I don't know. I don't either. It's from like a book that I had. Yeah, yeah. Up. Like, give me back my Golden Arm. Uh huh. So I feel like. Those were creepy pastas, maybe before that was a thing. I mean, there's just there's, there's scary there's stories. Stories. So yes, I believe in ghosts. Okay. One hundred percent. Have you seen a ghost? I think at night I have, but I have I don't have like a ghost story that people are like, oh, I sure. have actually been awake. It was, you know, early night and I saw a ghost. But I have really bad night terrors, mm-hmm. so it's hard to decipher if those are ghosts, a part of my imagination. Or like other worldly things. Right. Weird. I don't know where I stand on ghosts. Really? I don't not believe in them, but I'm also not an active like ghosts are real. I uh. I and I've said this before that whenever I hear about any sort of creepy things happening or or people saying, Oh, I saw this thing and it was a ghost, my thought is also, well, there might be a million explanations for it. And and some of them might be paranormal. I'm not saying there's a scientific reason for that. It's there. You're not seeing anything that's beyond our understanding. I just mean, who knows what that is? That doesn't mean it's a, a person who died. It could be a lot okay. of things. So define ghost. Do you think a ghost is like someone that has unfinished business coming to scare you, or do you think it's just like a person trapped in like a thin place and they don't know? They're trying to still like live in their home, but they're trying to get somewhere else. Yeah, I think I, my, I mean, I like I said, I'm not an active believer, but I could see a ghost, any sort of version of a ghost is energy or something that is beyond the physical, right? Mm. Uh, any sort of consciousness that's beyond the physical realm is what I would say, oh, that's, that's something ghost or spirit or what have you. 
Um, so ghost to you is like an energy. Yeah, it could be that. But I don't, like I said, I, I don't have, uh, I'm not walking around going, yep, there's definitely ghosts here. <laughs> At the same time, I am, I always say that I'm always hedging my bets where even though I'm not like, yes, ghosts are real, I'm not going to go to a graveyard and be disrespectful. Also, just out of respect for people. You're not going to do a seance in the graveyard? But I'm also not trying to like piss anything off. I'm I'm not going to go to a place where they say, this house is haunted, and I'm going to go in there and be like, come on, ghost, (laughs) come and find me. I'm not going to do that because I'm also actively thinking, hey, maybe it exists, and I'm not going to mess around with it. So ghosts are energy and you also respect them. I respect I respect people's beliefs and I respect that I don't know most stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I respect that there is absolutely stuff beyond my understanding and things that exist that if I heard about it, I'd, it would change my entire perspective on reality. I do believe that, yeah. but I'm not, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going like that was definitely a ghost. Oh yeah. There's ghosts there. I, because I think a, a tough thing is there's what you believe and there is also what you want to believe. Right. What do you want the reality to be? Do you want ghosts to exist? Because in my mind, yes. Because that means, oh, this isn't the end. Yes. There's, there's something beyond. To the point that almost if there was proof of, this is going to sound crazy, if there was proof of like devils or demons I would almost feel like not horrible about that because I'd be like, oh, that means there is stuff beyond mm-hmm. and that means maybe the flip side of that also exists. And But I don't have I, proof of that in my mind. I agree with you completely because growing up in a Catholic church, it was like, if you believe in the devil, he's real. But I like this idea of like bad versus, you know, evil versus good. And like yeah. there's there's, you know, there's karma, and if you make a mistake, and if you make the deal with the devil. I also think a devil can be, like, your inner, like, nasty thoughts. I, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I I don't believe in it. I don't believe in the devil or demons. I do believe that is all representation for our, our own interior. I think, I think I go both ways. I think I can't be easily convinced but when someone tells me a story and I feel something, or if I walk into a house and I feel something, like I've walked into people's houses and been like, hmm, I don't really feel that good. Mm. And a lot of it for me is like if people get stuff from estate sales that are like really old school mirrors or like mm. vintage stuff, I'll be like, Ugh. Interesting. Like I don't. And it's been like that since I was little. And mm. I've always been kind of like shoved it away. And as I get older... I'm like, okay, what does that mean? And I'll just simply ask. I'll be like, oh, where'd you get this stuff? It's like, oh, yeah, a dead woman died, and I got all of her furniture. And it's like, oh, good to know. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're feeling creeped out because your friend is a creepy person. <laughs> Maybe your that. like, I got all these mirrors. And I'm like. I got all these things from a dead person. It's not my friend. It's the stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's definitely not my weird friend. But, yeah, I feel like it's, I feel like ghosts and creepy stuff is definitely energy. Like, whether we whether we describe it as a ghost, there is something otherworldly going on. Do you think ghosts can be – do you view ghosts overall as just a neutral presence or as evil or good? Because in my mind, I'm like, ghosts are just people without sweaters on. They're, what? They are they're pe- they are uh, I will be a ghost someday when I die if if ghosts are real and I die but I'll just be a I'll be myself but without my my armor <laughs> without my body armor like I mean really that's that's all that a ghost is so I'm not if ghosts are real I'm not as scared of ghosts as I am of people well yeah when people you say, are scary when you say the sweater thing that makes me way less scared yeah because look I don't know of any proven people getting murdered by ghosts stories, but I know of a lot of people getting murdered by people stories. Yeah. There's a lot of those. So at the end of the day, ghosts not high up on my priority list of yeah, being scared. But those scary people, when they die, they become ghosts. You think they, yeah. I think And that, you think they continue on with their ways or do you think they change? I or? think that they are like, they have to do work and they're forced to like either, you know, figure out if they made a mistake. I, I do think that, 
things follow you. Like, I do think that things follow you into whatever, the afterlife. Like, karma follows you. I don't think, like, people are always like, oh, when you die, you're, you're, you're cleaned, you're cleansed. But I do think that ghosts are people who feel like they have regrets or they have unfinished business or they still have the obstacles okay. that they face. I also think that people have... People live multiple lives. Okay. I think that people get to be reborn and live, whether they're like, you know when you see someone and you're like, wow, I have deja vu. You so remind me of this person. Yeah. I think that that is connected into people living other okay. lives. But I get scared. <laughs> but I am scared. I get scared. So whether ghosts are real or not, there's definitely energies that some are scary, some are cool. Okay. Okay. Let's get into our first story here. I'm excited. Um, this one I had not read. I found this this past week when I was just searching for good stories, and uh, I read this one, and it's I love this kind of story. Okay. All of, I love all these kinds of stories, but all right. So this one is called Mister Widemouth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's it's an old one. I want to say it's I forget what year it came out, but it's been out for it's been on the internet for over ten years, or no, uh, roughly maybe. Okay. Um. But I, I traced it back to a user named Perfect Circle 35. So uh, not a name, but, but a username. But here's the story. Okay. During my childhood, my family was like a drop of water in a vast river, never remaining in one location for long. We settled in Rhode Island when I was eight, and there we remained until I went to college in Colorado Springs. Most of my memories are rooted in Rhode Island, but there are fragments in the attic of my brain which belong to various homes we had lived in when I was much younger. Most of these memories are unclear and pointless, chasing after another boy in the backyard of a house in North Carolina, trying to build a raft to float in, on the creek behind the apartment we rented in Pennsylvania, and so on. But there is one set of memories which remains as clear as glass, as though they were just made yesterday. I often wonder whether these memories are simply lucid dreams produced by the long sickness I experienced that spring, but in my heart, I know they are real. We were living in a house just outside the bustling metropolis of New Vineyard, Maine, population 643. It was a large structure, especially for a family of three. There were a number of rooms that I didn't see in the five months we resided there. In some ways, it was a waste of space, but it was the only house on the market at the time, at least within an hour's commute to my father's place of work. The day after my fifth birthday, attended by my parents alone, I came down with a fever. The doctor said I had mononucleosis, which meant no rough play and more fever for at least another three weeks. It was horrible timing to be bedridden. We were in the process of packing our things to move to Pennsylvania, and most of my things were already packed away in boxes, leaving my room barren. My mother brought me ginger ale and books several times a day, and these served the function of being my primary form of entertainment for the next few weeks. Boredom always loomed just around the corner, waiting to rear its ugly head and compound my misery. I don't exactly recall how I met Mr. Widemouth. I think it was about a week after I was diagnosed with mono. My first memory of the small creature was asking him if he had a name. He told me to call him Mr. Widemouth because his mouth was large. In fact, everything about him was large in comparison to his body, his head, his eyes, his crooked ears, but his mouth was by far the largest. You look kind of like a Furby, I said as he flipped through one of my books. Mr. Widemouth stopped and gave me a puzzled look. Furby? What's a Furby? He asked. I shrugged. You know, the toy, the little robot with big ears. You can pet and feed them, almost like a real pet. Oh, Mr. Widemouth resumed his activity. You don't need one of those. They aren't the same as having a real friend. I remember Mr. Widemouth disappearing every time my mother stopped by to check in on me. I lay under your bed, he later explained. I don't want your parents to see me because I'm afraid they won't let us play anymore. We didn't do much during those first few days. Mr. Widemouth just looked at my books, fascinated by the stories and pictures they contained. The third or fourth morning after I met him, he greeted me with a large smile on his face. I have a new game we can play, he said. We have to wait until after your mother comes, back to, comes, on, comes to check, check on you because she can't see us play it. It's a secret game. After my mother delivered more books and soda at the usual time, Mr. Widemouth slipped out from under the bed and tugged my hand. We have to go to the room at the end of this hallway, he said. I objected at first, as my parents had forbidden me to leave my bed without their permission, but Mr. Widemouth persisted until, until I gave in. The room in question had no furniture or wallpaper. Its only distinguishing feature was a window opposite the doorway. Mr. Widemouth darted across the room and gave the window a firm push, flinging it open. He then beckoned me to look out at the ground below. 
We were on the second story of the house, but it was on a hill, and from this angle the drop was farther than two stories due to the incline. I like to play pretend up here, Mr. Widemouth explained. I pretend that there is a big, soft trampoline below this window, and I jump. If you pretend hard enough, you bounce back up like a feather. I want you to try. I was a five-year-old with a fever, so only a hint of skepticism darted through my thoughts as I looked down and considered the possibility. It's a long drop, I said. But that's all part of the fun. It wouldn't be fun if it was only a short drop. If it were that way, you may as well just bounce on a real trampoline. I toyed with the idea, picturing myself falling through the thin air only to bounce back to the window on something unseen by human eyes. But the realist in me prevailed. Maybe some other time, I said. I don't know if I have enough imagination. I could get hurt. Mr. Widemouth's face contorted into a snarl, but only for a moment. Anger gave way to disappointment. If you say so, he said. He spent the rest of the day under my bed, quiet as a mouse. The following morning, Mr. Widemouth arrived holding a small box. I want to teach you how to juggle, he said. Here are some things you can use to practice before I start giving you lessons. I looked in the box. It was full of knives. My parents will kill me, I shouted, horrified that Mr. Widemouth had brought knives into my room, objects that my parents would never allow me to touch. I'll be spanked and grounded for a year. Mr. Widemouth frowned. It's fun to juggle with these. I want you to try it. I pushed the box away. I can't. I'll get in trouble. Knives aren't safe to just throw in the air. Mr. Widemouth's frown deepened into a scowl. He took the box of knives and slid under my bed, remaining there the rest of the day. I began to wonder how often he was under me. I started having trouble sleeping after that. Mr. Widemouth often woke me up at night, saying he put a real trampoline under the window, a big one, one that I couldn't see in the dark. I always declined and tried to go back to sleep, but Mr. Widemouth persisted. Sometimes he stayed by my side until early morning, encouraging me to jump. He wasn't so fun to play with anymore. My mother came to, to me one morning and told me I had her permission to walk around outside. She thought the fresh air would be good for me, especially after being confined to my room for so long. Ecstatic, I put on my sneakers and trotted out to the back porch, yearning for the feeling of sun on my face. Mr. Widemouth was waiting for me. I have something I want, I want you to see, he said. I must have given him a weird look because he then said, it's safe, I promise. I followed him to the beginning of a deer trail which ran through the woods behind the house. This is an important path, he explained. I've had a lot of friends about your age. When they were ready, I took them down this path to a special place. You aren't ready yet, but one day I hope to take you there. I returned to the house, wondering what kind of place lay beyond that trail. Two weeks after, I met Mr. Widemouth. The last load of our things had been packed into a morning moving truck. I would be in the cab of that truck, sitting next to my father for the long drive to Pennsylvania. I considered telling Mr. Widemouth that I would be leaving, but even at five years old, I was beginning to suspect that perhaps the creature's intentions were not to my benefit, despite that he said otherwise. For this reason, I decided to keep my departure a secret. My father and I were in the truck at 4 a.m. He was hoping to make it to Pennsylvania by lunchtime tomorrow with the help of an endless supply of coffee and a six-pack of energy drinks. He seemed more like a man who was about to run a marathon rather than one who was about to spend two days sitting still. Early enough for you, he asked. I nodded, and he placed my head against the window, hoping for some sleep before the sun came up. I felt my father's hand on my shoulder. This is the last move, son, I promise. I know it's hard for you, as sick as you've been. Once daddy gets promoted, we can settle down and you can make friends. I opened my eyes as we backed out of the driveway. I saw Mr. Widemouth's silhouette in my bedroom window. He stood motionless until the truck was about to turn onto the main road. He gave a pitiful little wave goodbye, steak knife in hand. I didn't wave back. Years later, I returned to New Vineyard. The piece of land our house stood upon was empty except for the foundation, as the house burned down a few years after my family left. Out of curiosity, I followed the deer trail that Mr. Widemouth had shown me. Part of me expected him to jump out from behind a tree and scare the living bejesus out of me, but I felt that Mr. Widemouth was gone, somehow tied to the house that no longer existed. The trail ended at the New Vineyard Memorial Cemetery. I noticed that many of the tombstones belonged to children. Oh, fuck. I know. I love that one. I It's like it's just it's just spooky enough. I love it because I feel like I, when I, when you were talking about the deer trail, I was like, oh, there's something not right there. Mm -hmm. It feels very like Pet cemetery, And I feel like because Stephen King is from Maine, like there's so many, this is what I'm talking about the East Coast, there's so many woods and like old houses that you yeah. can create all these things in your mind. Because there's so much history there, but also so much untamed land 
that it's kind of that perfect combination exactly. of mystery. Also, why is the mom giving him soda like every fucking The mom day? is giving him so much ginger ale. We should talk about how that's the real problem. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of waiting for Mr. Widemouth to be like, hey, man, I got some cigarettes. Uh, you want Here, smoke these. These are, these are cool. <laughs> also, this five-year-old, you know, he... He was pretty aware. He's pretty like, smart five-year-old. Knives are. Oh, I'd have. I'd be dead. Oh, what? Mr. Widemouth would like, have killed trampoline? me. Trampoline! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh. Um, That's really scary to me because I do think that our imagination is so strong that, it, especially when you're sick. Yeah. When you're sick, you're like, it makes you do crazy things. I, I like that story for that reason of, you know. You have imaginary friends. You have all these things that you imagine when you're five, and and theoretically, or just like just fun playing around thinking about it. If a monster existed and showed up when you were five, and then in your memories you're going, that wasn't real though. Yeah, that didn't exist. But that's I love this story for that reason. Me too, because then I'm glad that he went back and was like, oh, the house burned down. Let me just check out this trail, and it's a fucking cemetery mm -hmm. full of dead children. Yeah. Like, what? I know. But I like that there's an element of mystery about it. It's not like, I'm certain that Mr. Widemouth was real. It's kind of just, huh. And I, I, I love, I always love scary stories that have an element of, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not. Maybe it's, maybe it was just, I also think, like the movie Pan's Labyrinth, like when we are sick or going through a tough time, our little kid brain naturally creates like a friend. Yeah. Whether they are good or not, but I think that the friend reflects a little bit what's going on. And when you're sick, you're like, you're scared. So it's mm. a friend who's like, I'm a little scary, but I'm also your friend. That's true. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think whenever I was sick, I would always imagine, I, I did grow up in the Catholic church, so guardian angels were a thing. Mm -hmm. So I would always imagine like a guardian angel person near me. Like I would buckle the seatbelt next to me. Aww. But I do think at night when I was scared, that's when the night terrors would come in. And I still, like there's some people like, oh, you should be a medium. And I'm like, absolutely not. But I do think like, are those just my imagination? Are they just like my anxious thoughts turned into beings? Mm -hmm. Or are they really like, Ghost from the dead, like help me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I um, I've told this story before, but when I was scared as a kid, especially in the dark, I would what I would tell myself is the opposite of there being something good around. I would be like, I am the darkness. What? I'm, I'd be like, I'm the scariest thing here. <laughs> like, I would try to convince myself that I'm like, demons would be scared of me. And I'm just like, no, they wouldn't. You are literally <laughs> the chosen. Yeah, it's a very chosen thought of just, I am the darkness. That's so funny. I would never do that. I'd be like, they're all around me. And you know what else? Kids are so wild. When I was watching my niece and nephew when they were little, I remember my niece was like four years old. And I... I was living with my sister and I put her to bed and she'd be like, can you shut the closet door? And I'd be like, why? And she was like, the witch is in there. Okay. And I'd be like, oh my God. Okay. Now I can't. Now let me, let me, and I would be very scared. Of course. But then also later on, there was a donkey that you'd have to take the donkey out of the room. And I'd be like, can you please take the donkey out of the room? Okay. And I finally was like, okay, what's the deal with the donkey? My, my brother-in-law is from Ireland. So he was like, if you guys leave the room, the donkey will bite you. That was like his thing. So finally, my mom, who was their grandmother, was like, okay, I'm taking the donkey out. And it was like, okay, you have to think about like what the parents- A donkey? Like. Yeah. He's fucking Irish. I don't know. <laughs> They're scared of donkeys over there. <laughs> uh, what I also love about this story is I am a big fan of monsters. I love, Ooh. what scares me in a movie or anything is something that it doesn't look like anything I've ever seen before. That's what scares me. And Mr. Widemouth, the way he explains them, I, my brain creates a really horrific looking thing. Don't you picture him though? I picture oh, him. I, and I'm sure there's artwork online, but I like to just imagine what this thing looks like. Mm -hmm. And also, for some reason, I'm far more scared of little things than big monsters. A big, oh. like, if a monster's over eight feet tall, I kind of am like, okay, cool. But little, little things that can scurry and hide, that, little that Little things are me. scary, but also big things, like when they are on the wall or on the ceiling. Yeah. I don't like but that But a little shit. thing, a little thing on the wall or ceiling probably scares me more in a way. That's true, because it just, can get anywhere. Yeah, and if it has a face, if it has a face, uh, 
like eyes and a mouth, that always gets me far more than any sort of like thing that looks more like an animal or yeah, faceless is and not faceless scary. doesn't really get me too much. No, but I uh, can't see you. No. Well, <laughs> yeah, you can't see. <laughs> Slenderman, you don't scare me. Okay, so little things scare you the most. Do I you have monsters that scare you? Like Definitely. Even classic monsters. Because a lot of classic stuff, zombies don't necessarily scare me. Zombies can be scary. Zombies are whatever. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, I, I, I'm really scared of like the boogeyman, right? Like oh. look under the bed. Like something that is in dark places, like the closet, the boogeyman that can like morph on the wall. Ooh. So I get scared of like going into a place and not looking in the right spot and then like looking up. And yep. that's what I get scared about. And they can like crawl on the ceiling. Like yeah. the movie Don't Look Under the Bed. Yeah. The newer movie. Everyone's like, ah, eh, whatever. I thought it was really scary. Really? Also, are you talking about the Disney movie? I was thinking of the Disney movie. I that movie scared me too. It was a scare when you're when you're young. That movie was so scary. Um but no, they like had a love relationship. What haunted me as a kid was the Goosebumps episode of The Living Dummy. And dolls really scared me. And it was that it was that uncanny valley thing of something that looks like it should talk and should be alive, but isn't. I don't like dolls. They dolls. still they still unsettle me. They don't scare me like they used to. When I was a kid, I actually could not my, at my grandparents' house, they had dolls, just mm-hmm. like some very classic looking dolls. Yeah. And I would tell them I'd be like, I can't sleep if they're in the room with me. My grandparents had a doll room. I hate that. I do not like dolls either. Hate it. Hate it. I, I just don't like that. At all. Because I think we grew up with really fucked up horror movies like Chucky. My God. Yeah, Chucky, Chucky, I was very scared of. I, I don't, yeah. That And and once again, little things. Uh, uh, something about them being smaller scares me, and I don't know why. I think because that is. they can get into any place. Like they can get up right next to you, and you probably yeah, won't feel it until that's later. That's true. That's true. Yeah, because like big things like Godzilla and King Kong or. Or just big monsters, even like Cloverfield. I'm like, yeah, you, yeah. we all see it coming. It's it's over there. But what was scary about Clo- Cloverfield is that you didn't see it until later. So it's all true. like. That's true. They did a great job of that. Um, wow, this is reminding me of really the old school stories that I grew up reading. Mm-hmm. Like the, the I think maybe they are connected to Edgar Allan Poe too stories. But like the one story where the girl had her hand over her bed. Stories that yeah. stick with me, and it was licking her hand, and she thought yeah. it was her dog, but it was a person. Yeah. Okay, we read the same book. I know that. I know that story. That one was passed around a lot. People would tell that story. People would tell that story. Um. Yeah, that stuff scares me, and just, yeah, anything that I can't recognize what it is, if I'm just like, what is that? That scares me. And I would say a setting that scares me the most is the woods. The woods are the 100%. scariest fucking place you grew up with woods right yeah so actually i grew up um from the ages of two to six i lived in virginia and we lived on a cul-de-sac yeah and behind our house was an endless forest Uh uh-huh and my brothers i never got to explore it too much because i was too young for them to let me but my brothers talked about going deep into the woods and finding like an abandoned house oh yeah in the middle of the, the woods we're going to get into not our next story, but later on, we have stories woods. that involve woods. Great. Let's save our woods stories. Rough. It's probably my favorite of these three, but I saved it for last. It's a little less of a story. But um, I love the, I, I grew up in the woods too. Yeah. But I, and I, I, so much of my imagination, I think, comes from these kind of faded memories of those woods. Yeah. Because I can't accurately picture the woods. I just remember it being a very wild, like so dense. Yeah, very dense, and and yeah, there was a creek, and then it just, but it's just, I don't know. There's something creepy about it. Um, and then going camping um, in Colorado, those woods scare me a little less because I don't know why. I don't I think know because people are in there. No, I, I I don't. There's something about like the nature of of the trees and the way that the Rockies look that feel less haunted mm-hmm. than East Coast woods feel haunted. Because they are. Yeah. <laughs> West Coast woods have Bigfoot. East Coast woods Let's have, have like ghosts. Ghosts and murderers. Okay, guys, we need to take a breather from creepypastas because I need to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Shane. Do you like therapy? 
Especially after those creepy stories. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll be talking to my therapist about this stuff. <laughs> I've uh, I've been seeing a therapist for years now. Nice. And it's so great. Um, every week I, I talk to him for an hour and it really helps me organize my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super beneficial. I cannot recommend it enough. And so if you're thinking about trying therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's convenient. It's flexible. It's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a quick questionnaire and you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. Uh, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra charge. Ooh, so, I love yeah. that. So make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash smoshmouth today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Smoshmouth. All right. Back to creepy stories. I'm ready, I think. I'm not. Okay. All right. Let's get into our next story. I'm ready. This one is arguably my favorite story. Okay. Uh, And so this was also one that Damien wanted us to read. So reading it in his honor as well. We both love this one. We've talked about it over the years. I have not reread this one in years. Ooh, okay. But it's incredible. It's called Candle Cove, and uh, I think it's even been made into a TV show. But it was Pirates. It was written by Chris Straub, um, and the way it's written is really cool because it's written out like it's on a forum online, like where people are just kind of commenting. Right. It's not like a consecutive story. Okay. So this is from the Net Nostalgia Forum, uh, television local, like where people talk about local television shows. Okay. So someone, this person named Sky Shale posts on their subject candle cove local kids show does anyone remember this kids show it was called candle cove and i must have been six or seven i never found reference to it anywhere so i think it was on a local station around 1971 or 1972 i lived in ironton at the time i don't remember which station but i do remember it was at on at a weird time like 4 p.m uh someone named mike painter 65 responds saying uh it seems really familiar to me I grew up outside of Ashland and was nine years old in 72. Candle Cove. Was it about pirates? I remember a pirate marionette at the mouth of a cave talking to a little girl. Skyshell responds, Yes, okay, I'm not crazy. I remember Pirate Percy. I was always kind of scared of him. He looked like he was built from parts of other dolls, real low budget. His head was an old porcelain baby doll, looked like an antique that didn't belong on the body. I don't remember what station this was. I think it was uh, WTSF, though. Uh, someone named Jaron, uh, 2005, uh, chimes in. Sorry to resurrect this old thread, but I know exactly what you mean, Sky Shale. I think Candle Cove ran for only a couple months in 71, not 72. I was 12, and I watched it a few times with my brother. It was Channel 58, whatever station that was. My mom would let me switch to it after the news. Let me see what I remember. It, uh, it took place in Candle Cove, and it was about a little girl who imagined herself to be friends with pirates. The pirate ship was called the Laughing Stock, and Pirate Percy wasn't a very good pirate because he got scared too easily. And there was, uh, Calliope, uh, there was Calliope music constantly playing. Don't remember the girl's name. Janice or Jade or something. I think it was Janice. Sky Shale responds. Thank you, Jaron. Memories flooded back when you mentioned the laughing stock in Channel 58. I remember the bow of the ship was a wooden smiling face with the lower jaw submerged. It looked like it was swallowing the sea and it had the, that awful Edwin voice and laugh. I especially remember how jarring it was when they switched from the wooden slash plastic model to the foam puppet version of the head that talked. Mike Painter responds, Haha, I remember now too. Do you remember that uh, this part, Sky Shale? You have to go inside sky shale responds "Ugh, mike i got a chill reading that yes i remember that's what the ship was uh, always told percy when there was a spooky place he had to go in like a cave or a dark room where the treasure was and the camera would push in on laughing stock's face with the with each pause you have to go inside with his two eyes askew and that flopping foam jaw and the fishing line that opened and closed it uh it looks so cheap and awful you guys remember the villain he had a face that was just a handlebar mustache above really tall, narrow teeth. Uh, someone, someone just, their, their username is called Kevin Hart, uh, says, I honestly, honestly thought the villain was Pirate Percy. I was about five when this show was on. Nightmare fuel. Jaron uh, chimes in again. That wasn't the villain, the puppet with the mustache. That was the villain's sidekick, Horace Horrible. He had a monocle, too, but it was on top of the mustache. I used to think that meant he had only one eye. But yeah, the villain was another marionette, the skin taker. 
I can't believe that they let us watch that back then. Uh, Kevin responds, Jesus H. Christ, the skin taker. What kind of kids show were we watching? I seriously could not look at the screen when the skin taker showed up. He just descended out of nowhere on his strings, just a dirty skeleton wearing that brown top hat and cape and his glass eyes that were too big for his skull. Christ almighty. Skyshell says, wasn't his top hat and cloak all sewn up crazily? Was that supposed to be children's skin? Mike Painter says, yeah, I think so. Remember his mouth didn't open and close? His jaw just slid back and forth? I remember the little girl said, why does your mouth move like that? And the skin taker didn't look at the girl, but at the camera and said, to grind your skin. Skyshell goes, I'm so relieved that other people remember this terrible show. I used to have this awful memory, a bad dream I had where the opening jingle ended, the show faded in from black, and all of the characters were there, but the camera was just cutting to each of their faces, and they were just screaming, and the puppets and marionettes were flailing spastically, and just all screaming, screaming. The girl was just moaning and crying like she had been there for, uh, been through hours of this. I woke up many times from that nightmare. I used to wet the bed when I had it. Kevin goes, I don't think that was a dream. I remember that. I remember that was an episode. Skyshale says, no, 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 not, not possible. There was no plot or anything. I mean, literally just standing in place, crying and screaming for the whole show. Kevin says, maybe I'm manufacturing the memory because you said that, but I swear to God, I remember seeing what you described. They just screamed. Jaron goes, oh God, yes. The, the little girl, Janice, I remember seeing her shake and the skin taker screaming through his gnashing teeth, his jaw careening so wildly I thought it would come off his wire hinges. I turned it off and it was the last time I watched. I, I ran to tell my brother and we didn't have the courage to turn it back on. Uh, and I think time passes. Uh, this next post is like later on. And uh, Mike Painter uh, posts again on this forum and he goes, I visited my mom today at the nursing home. I asked her when I was little in the early 70s when I was eight or nine and if she remembered a kid's show, Candle Cove. She said she was surprised I could remember that and I asked why. And she said, because I used to think it was so strange that you said, I'm going to go watch Candle Cove now, mom. And then you would tune the TV to static and just watch dead air for 30 minutes. You had such a big imagination with your little pirate show. What the hell is going on? It's so good. I love how that's written. It's written so well like a forum. Like all these people. And what's really scary. I thought it was a forum. No. Well, it's written like it. So when it was po copy and pasted all over the internet, people were like, wait, was this real? It like, feels so. It's written so well. It feels so real. Literally while you were reading it, I was like, oh, wow. All these people, this is so fun. They're just reminiscing. Mm -hmm. Seriously. But but it's such a relatable thing because how often are you talking about an old show when you're a kid and you're like, wasn't there a weird episode? And then so when someone's like, yes. yes. And you're like, oh my God, I thought it was crazy. Yes. That is real. I do, I do that all the time with like, are you afraid of the dark episodes? Where mm -hmm. it's like, wait, you remember the mirror one, right? And people are like, yes. Yeah. Wait, I truly this whole time was like, oh, this is like a cool forum. It that feels real. It feel, that's what makes these types of stories so scary is because when I when I would read them back in the day, when you're a teenager and stuff, and also people would amp it up like it's real. It's like, did you read Candle Cove? You know, it's real, right? We, we don't know if it's not real. Well, or... the weird thing is I feel like shows back in the 70s that somehow I like watched because, I don't know, my parents put it on or whatever. That is like, it, it's very believable because you sit back and you go, wait, remember that? show that we watched and was like yeah it was old school marionettes like creepy mm -hmm. it's so so scary yeah a 70s kids show already sounds scary but it the i love that it doesn't go overboard this story is <laughs> is this story overboard. is exactly what scares this scares me because it doesn't get to the point where it's like and then they tried to kill me it's like no i i watched this kid show where they're screaming and then that's 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 it i'm like that's just so unsettling it it's very unsettling, I think, because if it went to the point where they were like, oh, they killed everyone, you'd be like, all right. Yeah. It's, I feel like being suspended in <gasps> will they, won't they is what's the scariest thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. I, I think – and also seeing it through the eyes of this little girl, like, why, why does your jaw do that? I know. Like, the back and forth jaw to grind your mm – -hmm. Ugh. I know. It's so perfect. It's it's really well done. It's so well done because I do think that, like, 70s... I, I remember that there was this movie about the Ice Queen back in the day, and it was this old 70s movie about, like, 
the ice queen and she would like come down from the sky and it was like these little and they were like these kids were getting stolen and I was like I don't think that was real and I talked to my sisters about it oh they're like oh yeah it was real I also think like that generation and our generation we watched some pretty dark shit that's why this whole time I was sitting there like oh yeah this is a forum completely forgot that it wasn't it reminds me of uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog did you ever watch that show no Oh, my God. So Courage the Cowardly Dog was an incredible show. But I remember I would watch it, and I didn't have many friends who at least talked about it. So it was kind of my own little experience. Courage the Cowardly Dog is about a a dog that lives with two super old people in the middle of nowhere, Kansas. And it's literally, it's a joke. It's like middle of nowhere, Kansas, where it's this house, and there's nothing. It's just plain desert around them. But every episode, something super creepy is coming to harm the the old couple, and the dog is the only one who can save the day. But he's like, he's Courage the Cowardly Dog, so he's really scared, but he's always actually brave and handles it. But there's an episode, there's an episode that haunts me, and it haunts everyone who's watched the show, where somehow the old, the old man is like a piece of shit, right? He kind of hates the dog, he just is mad old yeah. man. He gets this ancient slab, and he, he loves it, and he's like, I got my ancient slab. And he, Where? But, he, but he, he'll, he keeps it. And then suddenly, this, this like creepy spirit uh, thing appears in the distance, and the shot is so scary, because it's like, they open up the door, and you just see this faint like outline of this thing, and, and it just goes, return the slab, or suffer my curse. And they start dealing with plagues. And... The dog is trying to get the slab back to the thing, but the old man doesn't. He just refuses. It's funny, but as a kid, no, I was destroyed. No, I was destroyed, and still the vision of it. I'm like, okay, I recognize it's not scary, no. but it really scared me. Um, the show, I think, eventually got canceled because they had an episode that was straight up too scary, and they were like, we need to, we need to stop this show. But Dude. they would do they would do unsettling things. They would have things that don't look right, and uh, that's what's scary when things don't look right. That's why this 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 story scared me because it was like the thought of like things not looking right. And mm -hmm. I do think it was like back in the day, like budgets and not knowing like claymation. Hot oh. take, hot take. Practical effects will always scare me more than CGI. CGI stuff. Never scares me. Practical effect monsters really creep me out. Yeah. And it's because they look cheap and it's janky. Like Coraline. It's like Coraline. It's is the really janky scary. element. Yes. Um, there's like in uh, in Hellraiser. Have you ever seen Hellraiser? Uh, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. The I think old school movie. I think it's okay as yeah. a movie. But there's the part where she suddenly enters this big, long, dark hallway. And then there's this practical effect monster that that has like, legs that just touch the sides of the wall See? and it starts running down the hallway but it's this practical effect monster that looks you're like that's you can tell it's fake but that's kind of why it scared me yes i love that stuff i i love that stuff i i would rather have practical effects that's why sixth sense sorry it's still one of the scariest movies ever because it's just oh true it's just like ghosts it's people and they might have like a gunshot yeah. wound in the back of their head mm -hmm. cgi that movie's so good so good did you have a movie as a kid that ruined you because for me it was like i said that goosebumps episode did you have any movie that you watched that that you were you were doomed for a while after i was really scared of the witches like the really? original, like Angelica Houston. I was never scared of witches. Witches have never scared me. No, I was I was definitely scared of witches. Uh, as you're talking, I know that there's something, but I can't quite think of it right now. I would, I, I would say, Are You Afraid of the Dark? There was a lot of episodes. There was also, this is really dumb, but I was very into Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Okay. Like, that was my time. And they had a Double Toil and Trouble movie. Do you remember that? I double, never watched any Mary-Kate and Ashley. Okay. Well, you missed out. Okay. Um, they were they were every career. They were spies. They were detectives. They were cowgirls. Whatever. So it was. I think it was called Double Trouble, and they had like a deal with a witch and a mirror. I also am very scared of mirrors. Very scared of mirrors. Do, do you like, like old avoid? mirrors? Oh, do you avoid them? Well, I've had like a couple of weird things happen to me with mirrors. Okay. Do Do you want to? Sure. So remember how I talked about like estate sales things? Yeah. Well. Like when I was first dating H and I was living with my sister in an apartment and my sister is a hypnotherapist 
I, my friend Evan gave me this mirror and it was like this long mirror with like old school paintings on it or whatever. And he's like, oh, it's from my apartment. Someone was selling their stuff. That's all he told me. I put the mirror in our apartment and my sister was like, I don't fucking like that mirror. Get rid of that mirror. Like it's got weird fucking juju. And I was like, oh, okay. And I felt that it was weird, but I like ignored it because I was like, okay, Amanda, that's not real. So I put it in my bedroom. I had the same nightmare for one whole month. It was the same terrifying nightmare. Every night, an old woman would be below. So my door would creep open. The old woman would be below and a man would be above her. And she had this old school bun and they would be looking in at me. And I'd be like, and I would just sit there. And then on to my left, two heads popped out of my computer chair towards me like and I would wake up and I was first dating H so he would sleep over all the time and I would wake up in screams and tears to the point where I was like just let it just like bear it let it happen and I told my sister and she was like it's the fucking mirror where'd you get the mirror and I was like okay you know she was like where did you get the mirror so I was like okay so for a couple nights I would like leave it outside the door and shut the door the nightmares would like, it would be like half. The door would creak, creep open and then it would be the two old people, but they wouldn't be on, be on the chair. So I was like, okay, maybe the mirror outside the door is fine. Okay. I finally called Evan to investigate. I was like, okay, let me just investigate. Because my sister's like, I don't want this fucking mirror in this house. You're having nightmares. You've had the same nightmare. You wake, you wake everyone up <laughs> every night with a scream. And I was like, yeah, it's been really scary. I called Evan. I'm like, where'd you get this mirror? He's like, oh, uh, this old woman died in my apartment and they the apartment was just selling her stuff. I was like, what? So the old woman just died in her apartment and the apartment, she had no family, so they just sold, gave away her stuff? I was like, don't you see how fucked up that is? He's like, I don't believe in ghosts. I was like, well, buddy, <laughs> me and mirrors are not friends. So I finally was like, this is this woman, this old woman who's been visiting me. It must be her. She must want her fucking mirror back. <laughs> so no lie. I was like, all right, I'm getting rid of the mirror. It's like an old memory, but I we went outside. I put the mirror down for one second on the grass. A Prius, out of fucking nowhere, I swear to God, pulls up. This woman comes out. Grabs the mirror, opens thing, doesn't even say hi, puts it in her car. And I was like, you might want to sage it. Didn't even hear me. Drove off. Never had the nightmare ever again. What the? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so I mean. you've been buying your mirrors from Target me ever my, since. Me and my friend Evan, we joke about it because he's like, come on, Amanda. I'm like, and now I have my sister and Garde to back me up that that was a thing that happened. So now when I go to that friend's houses, when they have weird mirrors, I'm like, where'd you get this fucking mirror? Estate sale. Mirrors. So okay. double trouble. So you don't have Mary. ghost you don't have ghost stories, but you have mirror stories. Mirror stories. That's And Double Trouble was all about a witch coming through a mirror with Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. <laughs> <laughs> if I watched it now, I'd probably be like, this movie's so stupid. <laughs> so it was the exact same dream. Every single night. Like, like, not even slight differentiation. Nope. Wow. Old woman, man. And it was your room. My room. I never have dreams where I'm, like, in my actual place. That's always where my dream, my night terrors. My night terrors are when I wake up and I see what I've been dreaming about in my room. Ugh. But the thing is, I don't know if I'm sleepwalking or if I'm actually awake. <sighs> I haven't quite figured it out. But it's very scary. So I have to, like, shut closet doors. Because if there's, like, a little bit of darkness through a doorway... Yeah, and I don't have a mirror in my room. Sure. <laughs> sure, yeah, I, I wouldn't either. <laughs> yeah, not going to have mirrors anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, it's weird. It's not like a party conversation that I can normally <laughs> have. You guys have mirrors in your room? You guys want to hear some fucking scary? <laughs> oh, my God. All right, here's our last. I can't wait. This, this, go, this is not about mirrors. Now we're getting into the woods. Thank Ooh. I read this one a long time ago, and this is one that I read where I didn't know if it was real or not. And so when I read it, I, I kind of took it as real, and I, it scared the crap out of me. There's one aspect of this that's like my favorite. I have thought about it so much, uh, but I read this a long time ago. This is definitely 10 years old. This I found on Reddit, 
Is it, it real? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I'm going to say no. Okay. But we'll see. So this comes from a user named Search and Rescue Woods. Um, and the post is, I'm a search and rescue officer for the U.S. Forest Service. I have some stories to tell. Oh! Um, I wasn't sure where else to post these stories, so I figured I'd share them here. I've been an, a- uh, I've been an SAR officer for a few years now, and along the way I've seen some things that I think you guys will be interested in. I have a pretty good track record for finding missing people. Most of the time, they just wander off the path or slip down a small cliff, and they can't find their way back. The majority of them have heard the old stay-where-you-are thing, and they don't wander far. But I've had two cases where that didn't happen. Both bother me a lot, and I use them as motivation to search even harder on the missing person cases I, I get called on. The first was a little boy who was out berry-picking with his parents. He and his sister were together, and both of them went missing around the same time. The parents lost sight of them for a few seconds, and in that time, both kids apparently wandered off. When the parents couldn't find them, they called us, and we came out to to search the area. We found the daughter pretty quickly, and when we asked her where her brother was, she told us that he'd been taken away by the bear man. She said he gave her berries and told her to stay quiet, and he wanted to play with her brother for a while. The last she saw of her brother, he was riding on the shoulders of the bear man and seemed calm. Of course, our first thought was abduction, but we never found a trace of another human being in that area. The little girl was also insistent that he wasn't a normal man, but that he was tall and covered in hair, like a bear, and that he had a weird face. We searched the area for weeks, and it was, uh, and it was one of the longest calls I've ever been on, but we never found a single trace of that kid. The other was a young woman who was out hiking with her mom and grandpa. According to the mother, her daughter had climbed up a tree to get a better view of the forest, and she'd never come back down. They waited at the base of the tree for hours, calling her name before they called for help. Again, we searched everywhere, and we never found a trace of her. I have no idea where she possibly could have gone, because neither her mother nor her grandpa saw her come down. A few times, I've been out on my own searching with a canine, and they've tried to lead me straight up cliffs. Not hills, not even rock faces. Straight, sheer cliffs with no possible handholds. It's always baffling, and in those cases, we usually find the person on the other side of the cliff or miles away from where the canine has led us. I'm sure there's an explanation, but it's sort of strange. I was teamed up with another SAR officer because we'd received reports of bears in the area. We were looking for a guy who hadn't come home from climbing tri- from a climbing trip when he was supposed to, and we ended up having to do some serious climbing to get where we figured he'd be. We found him trapped in a small crevasse with a broken leg. It was not pleasant. He'd been there for almost two days, and his leg was very obviously infected. We were able to get him into a chopper, and I heard from one of the EMTs that the guy was absolutely inconsolable. He kept talking about how he'd been doing fine, and when he'd gotten to the top, a man had been there. He said the guy had no climbing equipment, and he was wearing a parka and ski pants. He walked up to the guy, and when the guy turned around, he said he had no face. It was just blank. He freaked out and ended up trying to get off the mountain too fast, which is why he'd fallen. He said he could hear the guy all night, climbing down the mountain and and letting out out these horrible muffled screams that story bothered the hell out of me i'm glad i wasn't there to hear it one of the scariest things i've had to happen to me involved the search for a young woman who'd gotten separated from her hiking group we were out until late night uh, because the dogs had picked up her scent when we found her she was curled up under a large rotted log she was missing her shoes and pack and she was clearly in shock she didn't have any injuries and we were able to get her to walk with us to the base ops along the way she kept looking back behind us and asking why that big man with black eyes was following us we couldn't see anyone so we just wrote it off as some weird symptom of shock but the closer we got to base the more agitated this woman got she kept asking me to tell him to stop making faces at her at one point she stopped and turned around and started yelling into the forest saying that she wanted him to leave her alone she wasn't going to go with him she said and she wouldn't give it give us to him uh we finally got her to keep moving but we started hearing these weird noises coming from all around us it was almost like coughing but more rhythmic and deeper it was almost insect like i don't really know how else to describe it when we were within sight of base ops the woman turns to me and her eyes are about as wide as i can imagine a human could open them she touches my shoulder and says he says to tell you to speed up he doesn't like looking at the scar on your neck I have a very small scar on the base of my neck, but it's mostly hidden under my collar, and I have no idea how this woman saw it. Right after she says it, I hear that weird coughing right in my ear, and I just about jumped out of my skin. I hustled her to ops, trying not to show how freaked out I was, but I have to say I was really happy when we left the area that night. Uh, This last one I'll tell, and it's probably the weirdest story I have. Now, I don't know if this is true in every SAR unit, 
But in mine, it's sort of an unspoken, regular thing we run into. You can try asking about it with other SAR officers, but even if they know what you're talking about, they probably won't say anything about it. We've been told not to talk about it by our superiors, and at this point, we've all gotten so used to it that it doesn't even seem weird anymore. On just about every case where we're really far into the wilderness, I'm talking 30 or 40 miles, at some point, we'll find a staircase in the middle of the woods. It's almost like if you took the stairs in your house, cut them out, and put them in the forest. I asked about it the first time I saw some, and the other officer just told me not to worry about it, that it was normal. Everyone I asked said the same thing. I wanted to go check them out, but I was told very emphatically that I should never go near any of them. I just sort of ignore them now when I run into them because it happens so frequently. I have a lot more stories, and I suppose if anyone's interested, I'll tell them uh, some of them tomorrow. If anyone has any theories about the stairs, or if you've seen them too, let me know. What? The, st- the, staircase, the staircase one sticks with sure me. sure this isn't real? I don't think it's real. That's my theory. I don't think it's real. What He's happened? Posted, this, this user posted a bunch more parts. Did he find the boy? I don't, I don't, according to him, no. This is, a, this is like the... So do you think that this guy is not a real search and rescue person? He's I don't, just, I think this is someone who writes really good stories and, and creates this lore. That's kind of amazing. It's that. really well done. No, I have a lot of respect for this writer. I mean, I, these are really cool. Uh, I read like part two and there's some cool ones. There's one where this, they were lo- searching for this guy um, and this old man who had gone hiking on a trail and they found his cane way up in a tree, like so far up in a tree that they're like, nobody could even throw it up there, but this old man, there's no way he got up there. But there there was no other like evidence of him. There's there I love stories like that. I mean scary like in a scary way. Yeah. Where I'm like just pure mystery and what's going on. The staircase one, absolutely I picture it all the time. Oh. Just being out thirty miles out into the woods in the middle of nowhere and seeing a staircase terrifying really i actually think it's like mystical like it's mystical but it's also it's scary to me because i'm like that is so unknown yes you're you're treading into complete mystery and that's that it's a different type of scary that's my favorite that's like i get like a rush of like where my all my Mm -hmm. you know when your eyes water and your, your skin stands up that's where i get that i love force i feel like I grew up in the woods too, and we literally live on a state park. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I told you this, and where I grew up, and so there's so many, there's so much woods, and I don't know if I told you this, but I grew up with a bunch of Norwegian, like nineteen year old, au pair vibe, maybe people who wanted to like live in America. My mom, I have four sisters, so my mom and dad worked all the time. So people who wanted to live in America and ex- would live with us. Okay. And they were also like, we would call them our nannies or au pairs or whatever. So they would just like hang out with us, take us to school and stuff like that. And we had all different types. We had two sisters who lived with us the most. And Gradstal, they're from Norway. Okay. So every time we were in the woods all the time to like walk and I had camp there they would tell us about the Norwegian trolls. Cool. Right? The I Norwegian love that trolls. trolls is their thing. We we had we had them all throughout our room. We had the old creepy trolls with the jewels in their belly button and the crazy old hair. Yeah. So they would tell us that these trolls would hide behind trees all around the trees. In Norway. No, where we were. Okay. This was like their thing. Like yeah. in the woods, this was what they would tell us. That, that trolls would be following us to just to make sure that we were doing good things. Like we were being good. We were on our best behavior. And if we turned around quick enough, we could s- catch the little troll like hiding behind because they had big, big crazy hair. And I'm not kidding. Like, you know, you just like treat that as normal. But I think my sister was like, hey, should I buy this troll and send it to you? And I was like, oh my God. And it opened up this whole world. And then on Netflix... That movie called Troll. Troll. I was like, Mom, do you remember Troll? And she was like, oh, yeah. Tova and Monica just had you guys believing that there were trolls all around the woods. I was like, no, I still believe that. That's that's (laughs) the thing. So I feel like weird, mystical. See, I attach it to, like, mystical creatures Mm -hmm. rather than, like, creepy, like, guys with black eyes. I guess, yeah, I don't see the woods like that, but... I, I, I'm the same way where I just think of like the woods feel so mysterious and 
I I love Bigfoot stories. I love the idea of cryptids. I love the idea of there being creatures out there that we yeah. don't know. And I also love that every single place has their own thing, right? Yes. You can see. Have you ever seen the map of cryptids of like? I um, don't know what a cryptid is. A cryptid is is a creature that has not been identified. And oh. or it's you know it's kind of like mythical like Bigfoot is a cryptid because it's they people say there is a giant ape in the U.S. but they don't know where it is. There's a There's recent also, video of Bigfoot. I saw that. that. I don't know if that's. I I don't buy it, but <laughs> yeah. I I want to believe in it. But there's also talk of there's a there's a clip that constantly goes viral on TikTok of this guy talking about how. Uh, in the Congo in Africa, there was apparently a sighting of like a massive snake, and um, and then you also have like the Jersey Devil. You have uh, Mothman. You have all these things. There's something that on exist. the East Coast that my dad was just telling me about. It's by the Bridgewater Triangle. It's like um, it has like spikes and it's I forget what it's called. Oh, pudgy. Pudgy wudgy wudgy pudgy. Pudgy. <laughs> my dad told. Talk about a not scary name. You no, know, my dad believes in all this shit. He picked me up and told me about pudgy wudgies. He's like, yeah, pudgy wudgies. Look at. <sighs> Have you heard the tales of pudgy wudgy? <laughs> He's coming up. for you. It's really creepy. I do you believe? Do you believe in any like pudgy wudgy? When I looked it up, I was like, all right, dad. Not not pudgy wudgy. Do I believe in Bigfoot? I or just or just any sort of. I believe in like like mystical like fairy. Like, you believe in fairies. Yes. Okay. Like but I, was, I know what are they? What are they? In what way? What do they look like? like? Not not like little people with butterfly wings. Uh, depends. I do believe because because also in the woods in Massachusetts, some people would just build fairy houses and leave them. Oh. Like my mom builds fairy houses for fun. Oh, what does a fairy house look like? Oh my god, it can look like anything. It. it but right by our house, there's this like old school mansion, and there's all these fairy houses everywhere that artists build, and they look totally, they look whatever you want them to look like. You like know a the bird little, house? No, like they're on the ground. Oh. Like you know those little um champagne, champagne caps that you roll yeah. off? That's a yeah. table. That's Aww. a fairy table. So they look really, oh my God, you would love it. That's so cool. There's some that are made out of stone, out of wood. There's like little stairs. Some of them have like a whole reading nook. And you believe that there's fairies <laughs> living in those? I my, I'm not judging you. I'm asking. My you magical brain is like, hell yeah, there's fairies. I believe that there's like little I think because I grew up with the trolls that it attached to like a mystical belief. Rather than like Bigfoot and these like big creatures, I believe in like these little like fairy creatures that live around here. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they necessarily have wings. I don't know. I haven't fully been asked that question yet. I mean, hey, I respect but it. I think I do believe That's in fairies. That's a new one for me. I think I do believe in fairies because I, I think I love, I love little tiny things. Yeah, like little tiny I, like cups and stuff. <laughs> I, I would love to take you to these fairy houses. You would be astonished. Okay. They're unbelievable. I, it sounds great. I'll look it up. Stuart Little, little could also live in them. <laughs> I remember Stuart Little. So yeah, um, I believe in fairies. Okay. Fuck yeah. I almost thought about doing our segment again where we make up a, a lie and for for a Let's short do it. where we where we say something about like seeing Bigfoot or seeing fairies or something. Let's do what, it. What okay. Should I say I've seen Bigfoot? Yeah. Okay. Because you live in it doesn't Bigfoot live in Colorado? Uh, he's more like uh he's more um Seattle and Oregon. Um Okay. Okay. You, let me try to think. I think it's like Okay, I have I, let me let me tell this story. Heard. Okay. Uh, all right, so for those who are watching this podcast, this is a lie. <laughs> this is not this true. This is our own creepy I've pasta. never seen Bigfoot, I, never at all. I've never actually, I, I, no, never mind, I have seen bears. Then I'm going to tell, I, I have an idea of how to tell this story. Okay. So I've, I, I have seen Bigfoot, or I've seen what, what I can only describe as Bigfoot. I don't talk about it much because people would think I'm crazy. I was camping in Colorado. Uh, and we were way out on this in this campsite that's pretty far out from from anywhere from any main roads or anything, mm -hmm. and we're hiking and it, we're hiking in the evening, not too far from camp, and we're hiking along uh, one side of a valley, and I can see across the valley down and there's a river down below, small river, and I see the faint outline of a bear, and I've seen bears before in Colorado, right. uh, black bears. 
This one uh, was more brown, uh, like a dark brown, and that scared me because I thought, oh, it's a, it's a grizzly bear. And I, I thought it was on all fours, and I think it was, and then I, I notice, I, I, as I pass by a tree, I come back around, and it's standing on its, on its haunches. Stop it now. And I, I, and I think maybe, oh, is, it, is, it look, is this bear looking over at us? But then I notice that it's, it's just fully standing, and it's, it's looking at me, and I'm like, this structure of this thing is not a bear, and it's way too tall to be a black bear standing on its haunches. And it's standing there looking at me, and then it, it steps to the side, <gasps> which a bear would never be able to do. And then it's gone. And it's just gone. And I, my brothers didn't see it. It's so well blended in. Gone? It just, well, it just like stood, it went behind a tree into the brush. And then it's just so blended in. But I, I, I know what I saw and it was looking directly at me. And I mean, it's it's far away, but I know that, that I know what that was. Shane, did you see Bigfoot? I, 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 I guess so. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Cut. 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 Boom. Boom. People are not going to like, uh, people are not going to believe that oh one. Oh my fucking god. They're going to that's going to end up like those Joe Rogan clips with like the it's like it's like I saw Bigfoot. You showed yeah. I, do you want to try to do one? I feel like I I feel like the mirror ones. The uh, mirror ones are yeah, that might actually the be The mirror one's just actually real. My 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 lie is probably not going to get as many clicks <laughs> as that real story, uh which is awful. All right. Okay, I think we've run out of time. Yeah, we have. We have run out of time, which we always do. Yeah. Uh, happy Halloween to everyone. Before we go, what's the best Halloween candy? Oh, Reese's Cup. Yeah, always. I was, I was going to say Reese's Cup. <gasps> I was going to say Reese's Cup. What? I was, I was, that's did, I was you, say. did you trade your Halloween candy when you were little? Uh, I mean, uh, not because nobody, nobody's going to trade a, a Reese's Cup. Oh, my sisters did. But they I would like trade all the like shitty, like the fruity, like ones that are shaped like Gross. fast food. No, Awful. Nasty. Get it out of my Reese face. Reese Cup is the bomb. It's the absolute best. I do yep. think Milky Ways are a waste of time. Okay, I kind of disagree because Three Musketeers are bomb. Oh, those are incredible. Okay, but Milky Way, Three Musketeers, yeah. Reese's, top two. Butterfinger, also. I, I've Those have grown on me. I wasn't a fan as a kid. <gasps> I rarely got them. Yeah, because they're special. Anyways. Anyways. Happy Halloween, you freaks. Happy Halloween. Get spooky. <laughs> Be creepy. <laughs> Be we'll creepy to your neighbors. We'll see you later. Uh, happy Halloween, Bigfoot. Bye, Bigfoot. Bye. Bye.